0: Sports Radio 1043, The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now,
1: here's Terry. All right. Good morning from my palatial studios in Fort Collins, where right now the sun is trying to shine. I think the clouds are going to move in. I know that this weather that going to be fairly decent today, so get your barbecues and your time at the lake and stuff in today. We're going to get a couple cool rainy days, and we're going to talk a little bit during the course of the show, especially when Nate Zelensky comes on and later on in the second hour and how that might affect the fishing, that cold front, and how different it is the cold fronts as we progress into, uh, into the season and the different effects they have So, and some details on how to deal with it. We'll be talking about that later. Uh, hey, take take a moment today, Memorial Day, to remember what it's really about. Uh, the people that laid down their lives, that gave their lives, so we have the freedoms we have to enjoy the life we jo- enjoy here in America. So, you know, don't forget what this day is really about. Take just a minute, at least, give some thoughts to them. Hey, later on in today's segment, we today's show, we're going to have another our dog trainer. Ben Garcia is going to join us, and he's going to talk about keeping your hunting dogs hydrated while you're training them. I think that's just going to be a great segment. We have uh, Parks and Wildlife. One of our Colorado State Parks won an award. They're going to tell us about that. And then one of our partners on this show was, has been recognized as the best of Colorado in something. We're going to cover that, too. And when the rain moves in today, I want you to not feel sorry for me because Karen and I We'll be on our covered patio when it moves in tomorrow with our patio heater, and we still will have barbecue and a glass of wine. So we're going to be fine. Don't want you to worry about us. All kidding aside, let's go to the phones. We have a full show. We want to get the things. Joining us is a good friend of mine. He's a Hall of Fame angler. You've seen him on Lake Commandos television. He's, he's been around forever, I think. Steve Panaz, good morning. Good morning, Terry. Hey, I remember when your beard wasn't gray.
2: <laughs> so do I. <laughs> it seemed like it happened <laughs> overnight. I, hey, I don't know.
1: I don't I don't remember when mine wasn't. Until...
2: <laughs> the worst part was uh, I lost my, uh, my eyesight really changed when I was 42 years old. And I went to the optometrist. He said, you're going to need bifocals. And I stared at him. I said, that's for old people. He says that uh, 42 is the average age uh people need buy bipolar. And <laughs> I said, "Now you're calling me average." <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Age is not, is not it's not not for the faint.
1: Hey, well, you know, we all know that Memorial Weekend is kind of the unofficial beginning to summer and a lot of course, most hardcore anglers have been out already, but a lot of weekend anglers are going to head out and whether they're going to fish ponds from shore or lakes or be out in their boat. Um, they're going to want to get out there, and we're going to see more and more schools are out and things, that boating activity taking off. And I know you're a, uh, a big proponent of spending time on the water, studying fish, and understanding what mode the fish are in and how to approach them. Now, you and I talked a lot about bass fishing, and I don't know what the status in Minnesota right now, because of the weather up there has been a little different too. Here in Colorado, most of our lakes, the fish are either post spawn or they're still on the beds. What's happening in Minnesota?
2: Well, we had a real big warm up a couple of weeks ago. It hit the mid eighties and the water temperature just blew up. It went from the, the you know the low sixties into the mid seventies across the middle of the state. And then the last few few days, we've had uh, massive cold fronts. Uh, temperatures in the thirties and. I was on the water last night and it was shedding uh, it was shedding heat uh, and it was so much fog coming off the water and it was interesting in that I was actually out in a, a carp fishing boat um, and I, I saw hundreds of fish if not thousands of fish last night and what really shocked me the, the most was we saw several muskies on the lake we were on and some were big I mean we're talking 35 pounds or better and these fish were belly to the bottom they didn't spook when the boat went by, uh, and, and just the activity level was, was minimal. And cold fronts are one of those deals that are, I, you, you mentioned just before I came on, that you guys are going to have some weather moving in. Cold fronts are one of those interesting things where at the start of the front, the fishing can be really good, and then once it uh, hits, you know, the next day typically, it, when you've got the high skies, the, the, you know, big winds and things like that, that's when the fishing can be tough. And, um, it's, it, it, you know, there's a time when you, I, I've learned that you got to fish slow sometimes, but there's also times when you just got to, you know, go out and fish, uh, power fish, and just try to put your bait in front of as many fish as possible, and hopefully a few of them will trigger. But, yeah, that's a, cold fronts can be tough to deal with sometimes.
1: Well, this time of the year, especially because fish seem to be even more. A lot of species are spawning or have spawned recently, and they seem to be a little bit more affected than they will later in summer and certainly in the fall. So let's let's take. How do you approach? You're going out now. You've got some pre-spawn fish. You got some bedding fish. You got a lot of post-spawn fish. And the average angler, you know, once you get into a summer pattern, you get a couple months where you can kind of go do. Similar things. I mean, there's always some weather changes and things, but right now with the spawning and finishing up with cold fronts coming through, what do you do different as you approach a lake, Steve?
2: You know, I, I, if, on lakes that are clear enough where you can kind of see fish, uh, if I see bedding fish, you know, that tells me that this, the spawn is still going on, and if, there, if you're not seeing the bedding fish, then I start looking for the post spawn type of fish, and it's it's a it's a challenging time for anglers because you've got a portion of the population that's pre you got some that are actually spawning you got some that are post and you really try to figure out which of those three that you want to target and allow it i i actually prefer to to uh, pursue the, the post spawn fish because uh their spawning duties are over they're 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 you know kind of a, can be a challenge to catch but they're going to be right off the spawning grounds. They're going to be just that next, that next break line or that next weed line or that next flat just outside where they're spawning. Spawning fish, I mean, if you enjoy that, um, you know, targeting those, obviously you're going to be sight fishing. And it's fun to watch fish react to bait. You learn a lot about the fish. And then if there's a pre-spawn available, those can be the biggest fish in the system, you know, usually swollen bellies and huge weights and stuff like that. But they can be challenging to target as well so
1: what what's your first thing let's say we got pre-spawn let's say because i would say within the next week we're going to see the majority of the bass in colorado have wrapped up the spawn you always have some that are going to spawn probably until the middle of june but for the majority so these fish are starting to feed what do you need to know first do you need to know the type of lake the type of bait and what kind of what kind of presentations will you typically start with
2: we 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 taped an episode of Lake Commandos a week and a half ago on a lake in northern Minnesota that had uh, was known for giant smallmouth. And the day before we got there, the temperature blew up in the 80s, and and the the, the water temp just exploded uh, five, six, seven degrees in the, on the surface. And we found, and it was a flat calm day. We found smallmouth literally flooding these shallow rock flats. But if you could see the fish. And they weren't locked on beds, they were starting to make beds, but they those fish were in a transition zone where the water temp was not consistent. They were all riding up off the bottom, two, three feet off the bottom. And that tells you that they're 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 focused on the on the, the temperature. And those fish were really, really hard to try to get to bite. In fact, I don't think we caught more than one or two. But we moved off into that first break line and we started throwing baits like jerk baits and we started throwing hair jigs. And uh, the hair jigs were the ones that actually started producing fish. Um, it wasn't fast and furious, but we had some fish pushing six, six and a half pounds. And uh, I don't think we would have got them any other way than, than hair jigs. They just weren't really that. They wouldn't chase swim baits. They wouldn't really, uh, the jerk jerkbait, baits weren't going. But that was that first thing where you want to go find the most stable environment for them. And that, that first break line where the deeper water was more consistent in temperature was, was the right decision.
1: You know, and hair jigs <clears throat> used to be so popular, and they've become kind of a lost art. Um, what kind of hair jigs can you describe them? And then did you, have, did you try to enhance them in any way by tipping them?
2: Yeah, what, we did two things with it. Um, hair jigs uh, you know, kind of a general term for marabou jigs and, and, uh, and bucktail-type jigs. Most of the time, I'm using uh, marabou jigs. Marabou has a, a tremendous tendency when you when you draw it forward, it tightens up, and then when you stop it or let it fall or or, or just pause it, it fluffs back out, and it looks real realistic either as a like a leech type pattern or a uh, some sort of an insect pattern. I do like what I'll do is I'll take a Powerbait Max scent General, and we'll cut a, a small piece of that off, and I'll actually insert that up the hook point. And what that does is two things: it adds that Max scent uh, Scent trail behind the bait Because you're fishing it so slow But two, it also puffs out the uh, the marabou And when we are throwing these baits I like to throw them with the wind And we were fishing uh, six to nine feet of water And we were throwing a 16-ounce jig And the technique is pretty simple You just cast it as far as you can Give it a second or two to, uh, to sink And just reel it back on a slow, steady retrieve And all of a sudden the line will tighten up And you've got one on and it's a very, very, very deadly technique.
1: How much do you think that max scent adds to the both the catch rate as far as picking it up and getting the fish and getting them to hang on to it? Because some people are not going to be able to sense that take right away.
2: So John Cruz uh, uh, was fishing in one of the uh, MLF tournaments a few weeks back uh, down on Lake Travis, I believe, in Texas. And he threw a, a general in max set up against the dock, and his bait, when it hit the water, flipped over a cable. The fish grabbed the bait. Now, most anglers, including me, would have set the hook right there. But what happened is that he was afraid that the cable was going to, you know, break the, break the line or whatever. So he took the time to move his boat in to the cable, put his rod around the cable, and then tightened up on the fish. I bet you it took 25, 30 seconds. And I thought, there's no way that fish was going to still be on there. And it was still on there. And I, and I absolutely believe that was because of the max scent. It really does make a difference. They, they grab it, they hold on. And you just look at when the, the max scent flatworm came out, all the pros were catching these massive bags of, of uh, smallmouth on them, on like uh, the Missouri River and South Dakota and the and, uh, Sturgeon Bay area of Green Bay. And and these guys that were were just dominating the tournament were all using that flatworm and Maxent, so it really does make a difference.
1: I'll tell you what I got the I know you did too, but I got the privilege of testing the Maxent before it was released to the market, and I actually tested it in some waters right near your backyard. I was bass fishing with Greg Clajo just north of you, and I did a couple yeah. times using a um, one of the worms, the um, the bigger of the worms, not the. I'm trying to think of the name, but the Maxent Worms, I used two different Maxent Worms, and I purposely hooked up a couple nice-sized bass, two to three pounds maybe, and never yeah. set the hook. I just slowly tightened the line and brought those fish all the way to the boat, and they never let go until I tried to lift them out of the water. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> that was amazing. We have that on video. It was, it was just ridiculously crazy. I couldn't believe it. But that, that max scent, I'm a huge believer of that. Hey, let's move on real quick. Let's say you, sometimes you say you have to power fish. You're not getting them with the finesse presentation. What are one or two presentations you go to? We only got a couple minutes. When you want to cover the water, you're just not getting them with the finesse.
2: You know, one of the, one of the deadliest uh, early season baits for multiple species, uh, pike, bass, walleye, uh, everything, is a, is a rattle bait or a lipless crankbait. Um, I love throwing those over weed flats. I've actually uh, I've, had a, I've had fish in current chase the bait to the rod tip in 42 degree water. and so it shows you how, uh, how you can activate fish on that bait. You're gonna fish it relatively fast. I'll throw it on a six four to seven old one reel. But your whole goal there is the fish are the fish are not active. Uh, they're not feeding very aggressively because of the cold front. And, and my whole goal is just to cover as much water and you run that bait by a fish and, and hopefully trigger, you know, a, a, a number of fish. I'm going to be in a tournament next weekend on Minnesota's gull lake. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, I'll have probably two rods rigged with, uh, with the war pigs, the Berkeley war pig. It's a rattle bait that it's just is really produced well for me. And uh, just because it's it's produced so well, in past tournaments and they're deadly they're just a great spring bait
1: steve we are running out of time if people want to get a hold of you if they want to see your television tell them where the tv shows air and where they find you online
2: absolutely we're uh we're on outdoor channel we're through the end of uh second quarter so up until uh, about july 1st it's sunday mornings uh 11 eastern time and uh, nine thirty you guys time so it would be uh, check it out. Our our whole goal on the show is to hit a lake blind and build patterns uh, based on what we're seeing on the water. And so every morning I wake up and uh, we drive to a lake, I get butterflies um, still after 30 years of doing this. Uh, just are uh, we going to figure this out? And once we get stuff going, um, it, it really is a good way to learn how to build patterns. And so check it out. It's called Lake Commandos. And obviously we're on Facebook and uh, we have a website for lakecommandos.com.
1: All right, my friend. Is always great talking to you. You and I have to get on the water together.
2: Yeah, I heard you're coming this way uh, in a month or so. So let's uh, let's make it a priority.
1: All right, let's do it. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk to you very soon. Steve Panaz, folks, Hall of Fame angler, and always a great resource. Thank you again, Steve. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're going to take a quick time out, we come back. We're going to take you to a state park that won an award. Here on National Ward. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and on 1043 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. I tell you what, if you're heading out for your Memorial Weekend and you haven't you have a last-minute item for camping, fishing that you need to pick up, or just hiking or clothing or rain gear or even grilling supplies, they've got it at Jack's Outdoor Gear. They're up and down the front range, find one near you, stop in and check it out, and you'll be amazed, serving the outdoor community for 65 years. Let's go to the phones, and joining us from Bar Lake, one of our favorite contributors from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good
3: morning, Carrie. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, and right off the bat, I know we normally start off with where's the lake, what are the conditions, but congratulations. You just won an outstanding award, the gold standard for Leave No Trace. Tell us about that.
3: We did. So we are the third state park in Colorado and then the 13th in the United States to receive this designation for gold standard from Leave No Trace.
1: So what did you have to do and what did you have to accomplish to win that award?
3: So we have been working with a core group of volunteers, and I have to give a big shout out to them. They've done a lot of work for the last year and a half. We met to to look at our education programs, our signage, our messaging, the social media, marketing, really to promote the seven Leave No Trace principles that, you know, in, in last year in COVID with all the parks being so busy, it really brought to the forefront, you know, how important those principles are and protecting our public lands.
1: And it really is. And it really comes down to, you know, the seven principles. We can go through them if you like, but it really comes down to common sense, taking care of your trash, staying on trails, not taking things that are like picking wildflowers and things and and just treating the outdoors with respect and other people with respect, doesn't it?
3: It does. You know, we want to be able to all recreate and have a great time, um, but we need to preserve all our natural resources. So, you know, another important uh, Leave No Trace principle is know before you go. So knowing the regulations, knowing the, the rules, knowing the safety equipment you need, um, super important, in any activity you're going to do, whether it's hunting, fishing or boating.
1: You're absolutely right. And with a lot of people getting into a lot of the paddle sports for the first time, that couldn't be more important. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit. Tell people where Bar Lake is located and describe the park.
3: For sure. So we're just 25 minutes east of Denver. We're a quick day trip located right in Brighton, Colorado, off of I-76 in Bromley. So we're a day-use park. We don't have a campground. We have lots to offer. We have a nature center, an archery range, you can boat on the whole northern part of the our park it's 10 horsepower and under the southern end is a wildlife refuge we have a wonderful trail that goes all the way around the lake it's 8.8 miles you can hike bike or horseback ride
1: Uh, so there's really nothing to do there and no reason to come out
3: right yes
1: (laughs) Uh, how's the fishing you know it's it's People got a little worried because you got drawn down pretty low last year. There was some concern, and I think a lot of people got the impression that maybe there's no fish anymore, but that's not the case at all, is it?
3: It is not the case at all. You know, people, we went to conservation level, which is, um, you know, happened in 2013. You know, we're an irrigation reservoir so it's not unusual for it to go down. Last year was an exception because of the drought. Um, but, you know, we've seen great walleye come out yesterday. There was a five-year-old little boy that comes out here all the time, and um, he he caught three. So um, if he can catch them, then I, I challenge all the other uh, anglers out there to come out fish him.
1: And what other species will you find in the lake besides the walleyes?
3: Um, wiper, perch, trout, tiger muskie, bass. Crappie, carp, we got it all.
1: All right. Now before I let you go, you also have a special event coming up in about a week where I could if I come out I probably couldn't, but somebody might get a citation.
3: So we have a good citation program that is sponsored by the Allstate Melissa Rippey Agency. So we're giving out good citations for people that are following the Leave No Trace principles and wearing their life jacket. If they're caught by a ranger doing all those things, they're going to get a ticket to go to Coldstone and in Brighton for a free ice cream. How great is that?
1: Wow, that's awesome. Now, you also have an... uh... Uh, An event coming up, I think, from 10 to 2 next week uh, with some booths and free lotto tickets. I can get a free lotto ticket?
3: Yes. So, next weekend, um, the lottery will be out here to help us celebrate our ADA accessible fishing pier. Um, We were nominated and won an award for the fishing pier through the lottery called the Starburst Award. So, from 10 to 2, we'll have educational events. Lottery will be here with lottery tickets. We'll have free fishing poles. We're just going to have a great time. It's also free fishing weekend, so you don't need a fishing license. You do need a park pass to enter, but we're going to have lots of fun fun from 10 to 2.
1: All right, and the last thing before I let you go, this is something that's so close to my heart because I've known so many people that take advantage of these things. This program started at Staunton State Park a few years ago with their, their track chairs, and I did an article for the Denver Post, and I've had them on the radio a couple times. But now you're getting, you are getting—you have a track chair on loan from them, and you're getting a second track chair. Quickly tell us about that.
3: Yeah, so we have – Stoughton gave us one to keep, and we're getting a second one next week. So we'll have them out um, next week, uh, the track chairs, but they're really a great way for people to get out on the trails um, where they can't um, necessarily do that. And the one track chair is going to be set up just for fishing. So, we really want people to know that we want the outdoors to be accessible for all, and that's really going to help us the track chair. And we have to thank our sponsors for that our education section, United Power, and the Friends of Our Lake.
1: Yeah, and the track chair folks, if you don't know, i you can go to my YouTube, on my Facebook, uh, Terry Wickstrom uh, Outdoors, and read about track chairs, but they're like a wheelchair on tank treads, and they take people who may be challenged or a little disadvantaged, and get them out on trails and, as uh, Michelle said, get them up to the shore so they can fish. Um, Real quick, do you make reservations for those chairs? How do you take advantage?
3: You do. You can call our nature center um, at 303-659-6005 and make a reservation. We have one volunteer that's helping us um, take all the people out. We work a lot with Craig Hospital as well. So we really want to make the outdoors accessible for all.
1: All right, Michelle, as always, great things going on. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of this Memorial holiday.
3: You too, Terry. Have a great day.
1: You bet. Michelle Siebert, Bar Lake, take advantage of some of this stuff. That track chair, fishing from shore, the program she puts on, it's it's virtually in your backyard if you leave it, live in the Front Range. Go to Bar Lake and check it out. Go to their website. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll tell you about some other ways that you can not only enjoy fishing, but maybe win some prizes. And as Michelle alluded to, you might be able to go fishing without a license. All that more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, locations up and down the front range of Colorado, Broomfield, Lafayette, Loveland, Fort Collins, even up in Cheyenne. If you're an outdoor enthusiast or if you just love grilling or you need some good clothing, stop by and check them out. Hey, let's go right to the phones. Yeah, I said right to the phones again, Karen. Am I going to get a text about that? We'll, uh, we'll tell you more about that joke later. Anyway, joining us from Parks and Wildlife is uh, Andrew Egli from uh, Parks and Wildlife. Did I get the name right, and- and- Andre? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no worries. It's Andre Igli.
1: Yeah, I I, I I looked at it quick, and I just—you know—I've had you on before. I apologize. I don't like that when I mess somebody's name up. But thank you for joining us. And we're going to kind of piggyback on some of the things Michelle said. Uh, you know, we got free fishing. We can come up. We'll talk about that. We've got a lot going on outdoors. We're just trying to get people out there in the right way. But in addition to that, Parks and Wildlife is running a contest to get adults back into fishing. Is that right?
0: Yeah, uh, it's called Take a Friend Fishing, and we've been running it. This is our third year now, and it uh, the contest started uh, April 1st, and it runs all the way through February 28th. So you have a lot of time to enter, and we actually have drawings for winners uh, three times throughout the year. So we're going to have quite a few prizes going out. Uh, really excited to get the word out and have uh, a lot more people uh, entering, and we have some great prizes, brand-new prizes this year, so I'm excited for that.
1: We'll talk about some of the prizes in a minute, but how do I enter and what are the eligibility requirements?
0: Sure. To enter, so uh, like I said, it's called Take a Friend Fishing. So, so the idea is that a seasoned angler takes out somebody who hasn't fished ever before or maybe not in a long time. So both anglers have to be at least 21 years old. And all they have to do, uh, if you go to our website, cpw.state.co.us, uh, search, there's a search button, just you search uh, Take a Friend Angler or take you right to that page, and there's a little form you fill out. You submit a picture of you out fishing with whoever you took out, and uh, a little blurb, 100 words or less, just describing how much fun you had, uh, where you went, things like that. And the mentor uh, has to have a valid fishing license. The mentee has to either have never had a license before they purchased it for to go out this one time or the only license they've ever purchased was last year. So it's their second year fishing or the only other uh, caveat is if they haven't had a license in five years. So that's somebody who's kind of, maybe fished in the past but has gotten out of it and we're trying to get them back in. So no license before, license last year, no license in the last five years for the mentee. Yeah,
1: that's that's this sounds a great program because you know we have lots of these programs to take kids fishing and take family members out fishing and get involved and, and really enjoy it. But a lot of times there's adult anglers would like to maybe get into fishing and don't know where to start. Or maybe a sportsman has that neighbor who's always said, why don't you take me fishing? You know, I'd love to learn about fishing. Well, here's your chance. And, you know, if you want to dip your toe in the water before, before, your, mentor, before your mentee gets a license,
0: you could do that next weekend, right? Because that's free fishing weekend. Is that right? Right. Yep. So yeah, next weekend, uh, the 5th and the 6th is free fishing weekend. You don't need a license to fish anywhere in the state. Uh, it's totally free. Uh, the regular laws and regulations still apply. So your bag limits and your possession limits, those still apply. So make sure you have a brochure and you kind of know what the regulations are. And uh, But you don't need a license to go out and enjoy fishing next weekend. So that's a great chance to go out and give it a try. See if it's for you.
1: Yeah, and now you got this mentor, mentee, and somebody's take. And this can be fishing from shore, folks. It can be fly fishing. It can be fishing from a boat, right? You just want to get somebody out fishing and see if if they really take to it. Now, when I take a picture or somebody takes a picture of the mentor and mentee out, out fishing, they write a little blurb just describing how much fun it was. And then what are some of the prizes I can win, and when are the drawings?
0: Yeah, so like I said, we do three drawings per year. Uh, The first cutoff is everybody who submits by July 31st is going to be in that first pool. Uh, And then we pick one or two uh, winners out of that. And then we go to October 31st for the second drawing. And then the last drawing is around February 28th. But if you enter now and you don't win in July and you don't win in October, you're still in it at the very end in February. So your, your entry stays in the entire year unless you are picked as a winner. It's the only way that you get taken out. And we have prizes. Uh, we used to have just one prize for the two of you when you went out. But I've actually expanded our prizes. So we now have prizes for the mentees as well as the mentors. So if you're new to fishing uh, and you're like, well, I don't have all the gear or anything, actually, if you win this contest, I will give you all the gear you need. Um, I have $300 fly fishing starter kits uh, from Ascent Fly Fishing. It has a fly kit with over 60 flies in it, leaders tippet Uh, rod and reel combo that is yours if you're a mentee and you want to pick up fly fishing brand new gear yours Uh, if you go out spin casting i have full spin casting uh, sets over three hundred dollars uh with tackle tackle box net fly uh spin rod for you um if you're more experienced we have stuff for you as well if you're the mentor Um, If you're into fly fishing, we have Custom Ross Reels. That's a Colorado company, amazing reels. Uh, We have Yampa Rods, another Colorado company. Uh, Zen Tenkara Rods, if you've ever been interested in maybe going and trying Tenkara fly fishing. Uh, We have Yeti coolers. We have uh, float tubes with all the accessories, the pump and the flippers, everything to get out if you want to try float fishing. Um, And we also have a few companies that have started to donate guided trips. Um, so, you, you as the mentor can take out a mentee, and then both of you get to go again with a seasoned professional uh, to go out. Uh, we have a donation right now from uh, Northern Colorado Fishing Outfitters for a six-hour boat trip. So, maybe if you've never fished off of a boat, uh, that would be a prize that you could win. First chance to maybe go jigging for walleye or something like that. So, tons of new prizes uh, ranging in anywhere from like 300 to $500, $600 uh, in uh, value.
1: Well, since the last drawing is until February, I'm going to push you guys to get some ice fishing equipment in there, too, so if somebody goes next fall, ice fishing is a great way to take somebody out because you can be in close proximity, you can fish right next to each other, and and you can learn a lot. So I'm going to push for fall to get people to ice fish with this. Once again, tell them where they find the information and t- how they enter.
0: Sure. Easiest way to, to do it is just go to uh, our Colorado Parks and Wildlife website. You can just Google Colorado Parks and Wildlife, or the actual website is cpw.state.co.us. And then there's a search bar, just search Take a Friend Fishing, and that'll take you right there. And you mentioned ice fishing. I am very much planning on getting some augers and some gear like that uh, for that February drawing. So, I mean, if you've ever purchased an auger, you're looking at 300 $400, but I'm going to hopefully give those out for free as well
1: awesome Andre what an incredible program because so many people if they don't take up fishing when they're young don't take it up as an adult now here's a chance to get some adults who maybe have wanted to have never had the means and get them out in the water thank you so much for joining us and what a great program yeah,
0: my pleasure thanks for having
1: me you bet Andre Agli from Parks and Wildlife what a tremendous tremendous program we're going to take time out when we come back we're going to tell you how you can go fly fishing on private waters at a very reduced cost, and maybe get away from the crowds and have a whole different experience. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, serving the outdoor public for 65 years. Let's go right to the phones, and joining us from Rare Waters is Brendan Stuckey. Good morning, Brendan.
4: Good morning, Terry. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. And uh, you're an avid fly fisherman. And you, you know you started out your career, you were a very successful corporate business person. And you kind of burnt out. You love fly fishing. So you started Rare Waters. Give us a little more insight to why Rare Waters and what it is.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know about the successful part of the corporate thing, but uh, appreciate that. We, um, Yeah, I got kind of burnt out with my uh, cubicle life, uh, decided to start a fly fishing organization. And essentially what we stand for, Terry, is uh, just being more inclusive and helping folks get on private ranches for their next fly fishing experience. Uh, we want to make that experience accessible for more people, and that's what we're all about.
1: Now, a lot of times, you know, private fly fishing has been accessible to some extent because a lot of guides have access to private water. Or you can join some some very nice clubs, some of them quite high end. But there's quite a cost involved. Usually a guide trip is fairly expensive, but well worth it. I'm a big supporter of guides. I think you'll learn so much and you have so much fun to get access to places. But you wanted to take care of the person who maybe just wanted to have Get away from the crowds. We know more and more people are getting outdoors, uh, and that doesn't mean there aren't great fly fishing experiences up and down the rivers in Colorado, but you wanted something a little more, didn't you?
4: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, We're big supporters of guides as well. Uh, Their commitment to education and community and conservation is what keeps the fly fishing sport thriving. Uh, But, yeah, you know, the folks that don't necessarily need a guide Uh, or can't afford a guide, we want to be able to provide them with a really special private fly fishing experience. Um, So we found a way to kind of make those experiences more affordable um, so that anybody and everybody can access uh, a private ranch and get that sense of serenity and adventure while on the water as opposed to bumping elbows with people at places like Decker's.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of great public water in Colorado. There's a lot of great guides who feature a lot of them on the show and guides can take advantage of these properties you have. But give me an idea of what the properties now. I'm a fly fisherman. I've heard about rare waters. I said, I'd like to try that. What kind of property? What kind of river? What kind of waters am I looking at and what would be my cost?
4: Yeah. Um, so folks can access our ranches starting at 125 bucks. Um, we have 20 properties throughout Colorado and Southern Wyoming. We're about to be adding another five or six here in the next week. Um, and each property has about one mile. There, there are a couple that have a little bit less, but most of them have at least one mile of running water, uh, with premium trout habitat. Uh, and they're scattered all all throughout the state of Colorado and southern Wyoming.
1: Now, are there some requirements? I mean, do you personally go check these out, or are are the owners able to assure you that there's, you know, you can't guarantee fishing, even if you go with a guide, or I fished all over the world at the best fisheries in the world, and sometimes the fish just don't cooperate, so you can never guarantee it, but do these properties offer pretty good chances of success if you know what you're doing?
4: Yeah. If you know what you're doing, um, you know, we don't guarantee catching fish, Terry, but there, uh, you know, if you know what you're doing, you're going to be in really great trout habitat. Um, a lot of our properties have had, you know, 500,000 to $1.5 million worth of river work done to them, uh, to help improve the trout habitat. So, you know, you're going to be in a really good spot. We go check them out. Um, personally, either myself or my business partner, Clint and Aaron will go give them a look and make sure that everything is fishable and easily accessible and it's going to hold trout. So, um, again, we don't guarantee you catch a fish, but you're going to be in the right spot.
1: Do you need somebody like me to go test some of these properties for you? I'm available just in case you need it. Just so I thought I'd I'd let you know that.
4: (laughs) Anytime, man. Yeah, we'd love to have you out.
1: Yeah, but seriously. So, say I've gone to your website. Which give people your contact website right now. We'll give it again at the end.
4: Yeah, it's uh, rarewaters dot
1: com. Or you can just Google Rare Waters. But anyway, I, I go there. I look. I get a hold of you guys. Now, if I book, I, I don't. I didn't go through the whole process on your website, but I assume there's ways to find out what's available date wise. But then I find a date and I go to one of these properties. Are am I going to have other people that are paying, or do I get it exclusively for that day?
4: Uh so it kind of varies. Um, there are some properties that the landowner has requested. Only one group comes out at a time. Um, there are other properties where the landowner is comfortable with um, you know multiple groups being there, but we we limit it to three anglers per mile, Terry. Um, so you're never, even if it's a property where there are multiple groups allowed or permitted, um, they're never going to be more than three people there. So we, you know, again, that sense of its serenity and adventure, solitude, and that deep connection with nature is really important to us. Um, so we don't want to infringe on people experiencing that by having too many folks on the water at one time.
1: Now, If people do this, can they float the water, wade the water? Is there a combination?
4: All the above. You can do whatever you want. You're essentially paying for an access fee um, to
1: to do whatever you want. How many of the waters have a place to launch a drift boat?
4: Uh, I'd say 30% have a a little man-made boat launch spot. Um, and then the other properties, you know, you can certainly wade to, or I'm sorry, float to them, uh, and dock your boat and hang out and have fun and wade a little bit. Uh, it's like I said, it's, it's whatever you want to do.
1: Is there any still waters involved in the properties or are they all rivers?
4: Yeah, we've two stillwater properties. Uh, one is a location down in Fluorescent um, and it's 200 acres. There are 20 to 24 inch rainbow trout in there. It's pretty cool. But most of our properties are moving water.
1: Okay. And tell people about your love for fly fishing. I know that this, this is something that came from, from the heart. Why do you love fly fishing so much?
4: Yeah, I appreciate that, Terry. Um, you know, fly fishing for me, when when I was in my, my corporate career, uh, my job was quite stressful and, I um, went through a lot of stuff personally as a result of that, and fly fishing was an escape for me. It was kind of an outlet. Um, I kind of refer to it as my version of yoga, for lack of a better way of describing it. Um, but it, there's just something really powerful and special about spending a day on the water with your family and friends or even by yourself with the dog. Um, you know, catching fish is great, but to me, that's just icing on the cake. Uh, you know, I, I said this earlier, you know, the serenity and the adventure, the exploration, the deep connection with the outdoors is what it's all about for me. and um, That's what I love about the sport. And that's what I want to help people more, more people experience.
1: Well, there's something really therapeutic about being on the water. I can tell you that I love, um, you know, my whole life. Um, I, my first memories of fishing are before I can remember. I had to be told about them, and it's been part of my life forever. And uh, it is very incredibly therapeutic to spend time on the water, unless you take your wife with you and she catches more fish than you. Then, yeah. then, 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 it's, then <laughs> Which happens to yeah, me a happens. lot now that I think about it.
4: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, now, most that of your... happens quite a bit.
1: Now, most of your properties, when somebody books, do they book as maybe two people coming up, all kidding aside, or is it a lot of singles or both?
4: Uh, I'd say it's a mix. Um, you know, we'll get folks who are singles who just kind of want to get out of the city and, and go um, enjoy their own stretch of water for a day. But then we also get quite a few groups, uh, and folks are wanting to share that experience with their family and friends. So it's a, I'd say it's a 50-50 mix.
1: Okay, so rare waters, access to private lands, private waters that are limited to a few people and at a reasonable price. What You said starting at about $125 for the day per person. Uh, tell people again how they find you, how they get a hold of you, and what the process is.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing I'll mention is several of our properties allow camping as well, um, so that's kind of cool if you want to make a weekend out of it. Uh, But, yeah, our our website is rarewaters.com. We can be contacted via email, support at rarewaters.com. Happy to answer any questions that folks may have. And as it relates to the process, you know, it's open to everybody. Uh, We're not some exclusive club. Uh, You go check out our website, buy a punch card, and then you're able to access any of our properties for any
1: date. It's that simple. And then – and then guides. If a guide wants to guide in one of your properties, they can sign it up just like, like somebody else, and pay the fees, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, certainly, yeah, open to, to allowing guides to use our website and take their clients out. Um, and we kind of like that. We're in that we're we're able to help guides in that capacity because I'm sure is I'm sure that you're familiar with the new permitting process. Um, folks are losing access to water, and we're able to open up more access um for them to to put on a good guy trip
1: we are out of time but thank you so much for joining us sounds like a a great plan brendan rare waters folks check it out brendan thank you for joining us
4: appreciate you terry have a great day
1: thank you you bet brendan stuckey hey we're gonna take a quick time out and we come back nate zelinski and i are going to talk some of the nuances of fishing right here on terry wickstrom outdoors on 104.3 the fan